We are The Purposeful Project. We help entrepreneurs for free. Welcome to today's pep talk, where we'll take just 20 minutes to interview leading experts from around the world who share actionable know-how, insights and life lessons. To hear these incredible insights, follow us on Spotify, Apple Music or anywhere you listen to podcasts, or you can simply visit thepurposefulproject.com, sign up to our mailing list and get the podcast in your inbox every single week. Jack, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Do you mind starting off by perhaps telling the audience a little bit about you and your business? Yeah, sure. So I'm Jack. Um, I'm the CEO and co-founder of Urban. Uh, Urban is an online marketplace where people can discover and book um, a whole host of well-being treatments um, delivered to your home within 60 minutes. Um, so yeah, we started off in 2014 and it's been, a, it's been an amazing ride and journey so far. So tell us a little bit about the early days. So I don't know why 2014 feels like so long ago, like a different world ago, but, um, I, I was reading your impressive history and, um, this first of all is not your first startup, but tell us how, how it came about, what, what happened? Yeah, sure. So um, prior to Urban, uh, my co-founder, CTO, and I, we, we both had a, another marketplace startup that, that was focused on the student jobs and the graduate jobs sector. Um, and so we were, you know, really interested in marketplaces and solving, you know, marketplace problems. Um, and, you know, both of us, um, we are, you know, very into well-being and generally like health and well-being is, is, a, is, a, is a very personal topic for both of us. And there was one, I think there was one day when uh, I think myself or Giles was trying to book treatment. It was, the consumer experience was just really, really poor. And, you know, to find, you know, a trusted quality provider, often you go to friends and family and ask recommendations. Um, but, you know, we just thought, why, you know, as part of the, I guess, the Web 2.0 revolution, like, why wasn't there something that's easy, uh, like, as if you were to order a takeaway, um, but for a well-being? So, that's really the, the light bulb moment for both of us. And then we then start to discover and kind of like dive get, get deeper into the industry itself. Now, this is going to sound slightly funny, Jack, but before uh, we started broadcasting the podcast with you today, um, I, I've been working with some students here in the studio uh, and they had an idea to create a student uh, job site. I guess they've, they've described it as Tinder for students to find jobs. And I thought to myself how funny it was that we then have you coming on. And they're all in, they're all in the studio now listening. But looking back at your history, you literally had a, a business called thestudentjob.com. Tell us a little bit about how, how that came about and, and what happened. Yeah, sure. So I started uh, thestudentjob.com along with Giles, so the same co-founder for Urban. Um, and it was, it was really, it came out of the whole... I don't, I don't even remember, like 20, 2010, 2011, when student fee tuition changed from 3,000 to 9,000 and there's a, a ton of riots and everything. You know, as, as a tech, you know, as a tech guy, and you know, both Giles and I, we're very, in, you know, very much into, like, I guess, geeky things <laughs> since, since young. We just thought, you know, how can we contribute positively? You know, can we potentially help students to just generally have a, a better access to, to local jobs and, you know, connect them with a bar gig or a silver service gig or whatever that might be, um, just to help them to kind of fund their way through education. And as we're building that and as sort of, I guess, digital natives, we, 
you know, thought, okay, well, there isn't really a job board for students or, you know, whilst at universities or, you know, um, and also mobile first. So, so I think that was like the first sort of, you know, evolution, right, from, you know, into Web 2.0, like mobile first experiences. Um, and then, and then that's really where it all started. Um, we started with nothing, right? We had no money. We used our student loan to feed the, feed the business. We were in our first year at university. Um, but then we just kind of like built um, an army of students to kind of like recruit other students, acquire the students. And then, and then within 18 months, we were you know, pretty successful in a way that we scaled across many other campuses. And, and, and that was the, yeah, that was the history. So for the students here, and I'm not making this up, maybe you guys need to come into the picture. So you come and say hello uh, for a second to, to, to Jack, because um, they're in the studio now. And I'm, I'm not joking, they had no idea you were coming on, but they literally had this exact same idea. Exact same idea, yeah. Jack. And so they're all gonna join just behind you, you can say hello. Um, and and uh, for those looking or listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts right now, there's a bunch of really uh, smart students standing behind me. So if you were to give them some advice, Jack, based on your own experience of building that platform, what, what were your learnings? I think, um, you know, the, the key thing uh, for me personally, um, you know, I kind of you know, understood and I had the experience to try and, you know, kind of, I guess like trying to understand the dynamics around like acquiring users, so acquiring the students to join the platform, you know, how to kind of, uh, you know, um, negotiate with, you know, various different sort of, um, I guess, employers. Like, one of the really cool things that we found really successful was that we signed a deal with a silver service um, company that were looking for students um, to um, do bartendering, you know, waiter, waitressing jobs um, at really cool events like the Brit Awards, for example. And in 2012, we won, you know, some of the contracts for filling out some of the silver service roles in the hospitality suites of the, the Olympic Stadium. So these are, you know, really sort of once-in-a-lifetime opportunities that we were able to, I guess, win and, and secure. And, and that, in a way, kind of, you know, attract a lot of students to join our platform. And that's how we then grew our, our marketplace. Um, but yeah, to be honest, like, you know, that was my first business, my first proper business, and I learned a ton of things, you know, everything from, you know, how to kind of incorporate a business all the way to kind of, like, how to navigate, like, you know, going from, like, one, two-man band to, like, having a team and, and setting up processes and culture and everything else, and then and eventually how to negotiate investments and, and, and ultimately, you know, the exit that does my heart. There's some bad background noise coming through. Is it just me? Some really, we're getting some bad static. I don't know why coming from your side, Jack. Um, maybe uh, no, no headphones is causing. That's better. Where's that? What, what have we done? Why yeah. is it better? I, I muted it and then unmuted it. Yeah, that seems to have made it better. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Sorry, Jack. I don't know that 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 kind of create creates bad sound on Spotify. So just. That's better. Cool. I don't know why. Maybe some static feedback loop in, loop in the room, but that's fine. We'll carry on, okay? Yes. Uh, sure. So, so Jack, th thanks for sharing that. So, so just, I mean, I always think that failure is such a great lesson. So, I, I don't want to call it out and say you had a failure there, but what you know, what did you do? You think that experience of doing the studentjob.com allowed you to be successful with Urban? Did did you what the lessons you took from that have allowed you to build what you've got today? Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. There's 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 so much I've learned. I mean, I could you know kind of do a do a probably a whole podcast with you just just purely on this topic. But I think the high level things are that you know when you start out for the first time, there's so many things that you know you can anticipate um, for. But you know, it is never uh, you know plain sailing. Is never sort of scripted. You know, as you're kind of you know speaking to customers uh, and speaking to users, you learn so much about product market fit, you know, you, you learn so much about, you know, actually it's a, it's a solution solving a real problem. Is it, you know, providing value and, you know, over that course of, um, you know, launching your first business and, and, you know, and, and, and testing out a proposition, you just learn a ton of things. Um, you know, for me as well, uh, personally, you know, I learned a lot about, you know, how to negotiate with various different stakeholders, whether it's like clients, whether it's like, you know, for investment or, 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 or ultimately kind of like, you know, you know negotiating uh, a deal which eventually allowed, you know, Giles and I to take our sort of vision to, you know, onto a bigger platform, which, you know, we, we, we eventually kind of partner with our, you know, ultimate acquirers as well. So just reading about the history of, of Urban and what you've achieved, it's kind of amazing. I mean, I know sometimes these stats can be out of date by the time they're printed, but, you know, 300,000 treatments, uh, you've got a valuation of over 25 million pounds. Again, it might all be out of date now, but uh, you raised uh, 5.9 million pounds on Cedars um, when you were only targeting two. So, so, so just teach yeah. people a little bit about like, you know, your experience of raising money and, 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 and building that. What, what, what were the learnings in, in, I mean, for example, Cedars for me, when, I, when you're raising 2 million, but you actually bring in 5.9 and in part, that sounds like a, also potentially a bad idea. Like you've had to give away more equity than you were expecting, but of course, then you have more money. So share, share with us yeah. what your experience was with that. So, so those stats are, are out of date. Uh, we're, we're just over, you know, just, just over a million now in treatments. Wow, um, that's we, really outdated. We, um, <laughs> we, we've raised 21 million pounds now and um, we're just over 50 million in valuation. Um, I guess, yes, you know, I think fundraising is, it, it, it's, uh, it's something that you just have to do uh, in, in order to be able to, you know, add more fuel to the tank and, and be able to scale faster, especially when you have strong conviction on a product that's working really well. But equally, there is that tension where you have to think about dilution and ultimately equity and, and, and you know, the net outcome for the entrepreneurs, the investors, the early investors and, and everyone else. Um, I mean, you know, I think, you know, generally investments, um, you know, you, you do kind of have to kind of do that trade off. Like you mentioned it there, like for the past two crowdfunding campaigns, we have, you know, we have had oversubscription, so we had more investors than the allocation that we wanted to, to raise in the first place. But often we then find that actually, you know, um, you know, there's two types of investors that we have. You have the institutional investors that are investing other people's money professionally, and then also we have retail investors that's part of our journey. And we often really like, you know, to welcome retail investors because generally speaking, they are customers, they're, they're the practitioners that, that are part of our ecosystem. Um, they're just generally people that we feel that add more value uh, than just the money that they can provide to us, um, which we like a lot. And and we've seen that our, um, our sort of community investors, our senior investors, have you know are, are generally big advocates of our us and, and will tell 
you know, many of the friends. And, and so it has like a viral effect to, to growing our business as well. Again, I'm scared to quote stats now, but um, in the original round, 1,512 investors. Um, that, that, that's, uh, do, they, do they all end up being customers? Yeah, ge- generally speaking, we, we actually invite our customers and you know the, our practitioner partners to become investors. And the beauty of like crowdfunding is that you don't have to kind of like come in to say that I've got a hundred grand to invest. You can invest anything from 10 pounds. So it makes investing really accessible. It makes like urban a lot more attainable, you know, as a whole, you know, our, our business is all about kind of making well-being accessible and kind of democratizing access to well-being and wellness services. And so this sort of like, you know, kind of resonated with me a lot because when I speak to our customers and speak to our therapist partners, you know, they, they just, they, they, they see the value that we bring to them and to, 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 to the practitioners and often or not, they kind of say, Oh, you know, how can I be part of it? How you know, can I invest or whatever? So, so instead of us having like, you know, a thousand, you know, plus investors at my cap table going through someone like Cedars can then help us to then, you know, kind of make that happen. And, and it creates a really strong community uh, because now that community also do product testing for us. They try new things, they try new products for us, um, that give us feedback in a very honest way. We just align a lot of people, you know, in a long-term vested interest in the business as well. So just stepping back, were you always an entrepreneur? Is this something that is just instinct for you or your parents entrepreneurs or, or did you discover it yourself? How did you, how did you find out? Yeah, so I, so my parents are entrepreneurs um, in sort of very traditional manufacturing industry. Um, so since I was, you know, as a kid, you know, toddler, I've always been exposed to like an office and working environment because, you know, you, you know, often like school holidays or whatever, I'm like, I'm sitting in like, you know, my parents like, you know, uh, office and just kind of just seeing like how people work. And I think, you know, part of like being an entrepreneur, like, you know, there's often questions like, is it, is it something that you're born with as part of the DNA or is it something that you can, you know, cultivate over time? And I think, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a bit of both, right? It's like, you know, I think there's a personality element to it. It's like, do you have to hustle? Do you, are you curious? Like, do you like to kind of like question rules and boundaries and, and kind of solve problems, right? And you, ha- and you have this mindset and an attitude. And then the other part is like, it's definitely cultivation for me is like, you know, I've learned, you know, I've been an entrepreneur since I was a little kid and, and, you know, whether it's like, you know, being like 11, 12 years old, selling Pokemon cards or like selling, you know, you know, like you know, snacks that I get from home and then like reselling it, you know, to, to my schoolmates. Like, I think that's like the hustle mentality that you kind of like have the, the kernels, I guess, that sprouts something. Um, yeah, it's something that quite fruitful. And, and for me, that's, it's, it's a journey, right? It's a journey that you kind of, get some experience, get a taste of it. And then you kind of get, you're curious and you drive towards that. And how did you find your co-founder? I feel that's such an important dynamic when building a business like this, like urban with, with the, the tech need. Um, so how did, I know you worked with him previously, but how did you originally meet and, and uh, form an alliance? It's, it's a really funny story. It's a, it's a funny one, but also a really fortunate one because um, so Giles um, is actually a couple of, couple of years older than me and, 
And uh, we both actually met at um, high school. And uh, so at high school, you know, I, I, you know, he, him and I, we're both IT scholars in the school. And, um, you know, we, you know, as an IT scholar, you get this like, you know, at the time that there's like really cool, like, you know, Mac room and it's like a, you know, the old sort of big Mac computers and, um, you know, and, and we kind of, you know, by chance kind of uh, met each other um, just being sort of uh, IT scholars. And then, and then we um, started to kind of work together. Um, you know, I, I, I guess now, like, you know, the time has passed you know, a long time ago, but, you know, I can tell the secret now, which is, um, which is, you know, you know, I, I being, being an entrepreneur and an entrepreneur mindset, I may or may have not uh, outsourced my, <laughs> some of my uh, course assignments, uh, technical course assignments to Giles. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I guess, <laughs> I, I guess, you know, kind of a fly, flying colors on my, on my, you know, course assignments or technical assignments. Um, that's what, that's the sort of the, 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 the start of our sort of like, you know, friendship, but also um, our business relationship as well. So I think from that and kind of having outsourced the first time and getting some good results, um, you know, you know, we, we then kind of like start to say, okay, well actually who else can we help? And, and we then sort of starting to build websites for local businesses together as like our, our sort of like, you know, side hustle, you know, whilst being in high school. Right. It's, um, yeah, I like the word outsource um, instead of cheat. I mean, it's, it's a much better word. But I was looking and again, you know, um, we, we, uh, we, we might have got the wrong information here, but it says you were founder of Interwebs Design. This is the design company you're talking about that you and Giles first started. Is that right? Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. So Interwebs was, um, you know, our, our trading identity uh, for building websites for local businesses. And right. um, I grew up, you know, we both grew up in West Sussex. So, yeah, we service a few clients. Uh, right. Right. Well, um, I'm thinking of moving to East Sussex, by the way, probably totally off topic when it comes to other podcast content, but uh, a good part of the world to live. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, joking aside, the, the, um, the, the structure of the business and the, the marketplace model, I mean, I think everybody talks about most, most of the time these days marketplaces i feel like you were quite ahead of your time with the businesses that you've done but if people are listening and they have a marketplace idea you know what is how do you onboard both sides of the equation what is what is the process that you went through yeah i mean with all marketplaces it's a chicken and egg scenario right so you you, you often start off with the supply base so the, the service providers the sellers the merchants whatever you call them um often you 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 um are you know, you go to the supply base and and, um, and ultimately our value proposition, I guess the, the reason why, um, you know, you know, you know, wellbeing professionals choose to work with us is because we're able to offer them uh, a better alternative, um, at least economically, flexibility-wise, um, you know, freedom of work and et cetera um, through our platform. And we're, I guess, our platform disintermediates um, traditional brick and mortar premises so for instance we connect the service providers um you know the hairdressers the the massage therapists the sports therapists the beauticians whatever uh etc we connect them directly with customers and you know you know what we found is that um you know the the curriculum to become a beautician or a massage therapist often they don't really have this entrepreneurial or like you know, commercial modules or, you know, commercial acumen or marketing or sales modules. 
And so it's often left to their own creative freedom and their own intuition to kind of build their own business, to market their own business. We're trying to simplify that. And, you know, our proposition is all about, you know, how can we let you focus on your craft and we can then take over the rest, like the commercials, the booking, the marketing, the sales, everything else. So, um, Look, uh, Jack, we we um we have a short podcast today because uh we had to start late. I know, um, so we we only got twenty minutes of your story. I, I personally really love it. I love your product, by the way. I'm, I I think it's one of the well in London. I think it's the market leader. You're doing a great job, and uh, I really I really uh, resonate with your with your history of you know trying things and and making and making a go at different ideas and and having a hit with urban but i i um, i just want to end today's quick podcast by asking you if you went back to your younger self and gave some advice what would it be i think i mean i'm pretty proud of like uh you know the journey that i've had and you know i i wouldn't change anything in particular i think you know um you know what what i you know what i would probably you know, the advice I give to my sort of younger self would be certainly, you know, trying to be open, you know, open-minded and, and with various different, you know, ideas and concepts, like don't be afraid to kind of, you know, go out and get mentors. I think for some reason, like very early on in my journey, I was very afraid to tell anyone about my ideas um, and any of the concepts and think that they'll steal it from me. But, you know, over time I've learned, you know, very clearly that ideas are, are, are not worth, everything it's not like you have this golden idea and then you, you know it turns to millions for you but it's really about you know are you actually solving a real life problem and, and and it's really down to also the execution of your idea as well so you know i think you know for me i would say you know don't be afraid to be open expressive your ideas and concepts you know ask yourself very very frankly and honestly you know are you you know are you solving real problems big enough big problems you know, don't be afraid to speak to people, mentors, get customer feedback because ideas are worth something, but it's not, you know, it's not everything. It's, it's worthless without execution, right? Um, so, so I think, I think that's, that, that's the main things that I would say to myself. And, and for me, I, I've always told myself as well when I was younger, it's like, like start young, like this is the perfect time to do it. You know, I mean, there is always, there's never, you know, I guess a perfect time, but, you know, when, when you're, early in your journey, you know, you have less to lose, you know, you have a lot more ability to take risks and greater levels of risk. And I think that's, that's paid dividends for me, certainly. I think such a good, such good advice, uh, Jack, and only, I guess, an experienced person can, can perhaps share this knowledge. But if anybody young is listening, you know, absolutely share your idea. You know, you might think uh, that your idea will get stolen. What actually happens nine times out of 10 is someone puts up their hand and says they'll help you. And uh, if people will steal it, there's a problem doing it anyway. If it's a good idea, someone's doing it anyway. There was a hundreds of search engines taking place before Google. And so there's someone already doing it. So there's really about getting people on board to help you, as Jack says. So wise words, Jack. Thank you so much. We'll have to have you back on because I've got so many questions I haven't had a chance to ask you. And I'd love to have you back on. And, and uh, so, But thank you so much for taking time out to share your insights with us today, Jack. Thanks, Simon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Pep Talk today, powered by The Purposeful Project. If you found it interesting, please give us a review and follow us. In addition, you can sign up to our website and get loads more free entrepreneur knowledge, as well as get access to Pep Talk and The Purposeful Project podcast direct in your inbox every week.